Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Starting With a Song. I'm your host, Amanda Mazzo, and I am so grateful you're joining us today. I'm really excited to introduce you to two people who have known me my entire life, literally. (laughs) My parents are a constant source of inspiration for me. And in fact, their story, something they are going through this very moment was a source of inspiration for this podcast. So let me introduce you to two of my very best friends, Here's my conversation with Bill and Karen Weiler. Oh my God. Yes. Talk to me. One, two, no, how was your New Year's? Just talk to me. I'm trying to get good. levels. Good New Year. It was good because she Boy. was asleep at the <laughs> Oh, the recliner. Well, I'm not going to lie. I was fighting sleep and I was really glad that we did not have any plans. Jason took an incredibly embarrassing picture of me and posted it on Facebook. You oh. saw my, you saw the blanket, right? The cat blanket. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a picture of me laying on the couch. My hair's on top of my head. I have soft socks on. Well, I'm hoping your hair was on top of your <laughs> It was like done up in a bun. Oh. And the Mick, my cat, is on top of the couch. And the blanket is the gigantic print of the Mick's face. So that's the picture that he posted me on Facebook. So we had clients then like, so, uh... New cat snuggie? (laughs) Yeah. I love my cat. Oh, I do. I love her. I love her. So um, thinking about like my childhood, two things came to mind in reference to this podcast. Maybe not this podcast in general, just like me sitting here behind a mic. Okay. See if you remember this. One, my interview with Abraham Lincoln on WBST. Yes. So dad does not remember this. I, I'll give you a refresher. So Braylon Elementary, fifth grade, maybe fourth grade, both both years that I was there, they had a closed caption television show called WBST. Okay. Because we were the Braylon Stars, Braylon Stars Television. Okay. And in this, you've got anchors, you've got correspondence. We had a guy like come in as a chef to announce the lunch menu. I on this specific show was a correspondent and we had an Abraham Lincoln lookalike come in because it was president's day it breaking oh. news breaking news so president's I mean, day it was an adult that came in oh yeah oh, who looked like Abraham Lincoln beard top hat the whole bit yeah I remember that now he did not and I've and I was so prepared I'd stayed up I had like questions on my cue cards I got them I'm ready to go I started asking questions but they're all geared toward how did you get into acting like Abraham Lincoln? And he wouldn't, come he wouldn't, out of character. he wouldn't break character. <laughs> He's like, but I am Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, uh, I don't know Jesus what to do with this. And he would not budge. So oh. I thought about that. And the second thing that I thought about was I would spend hours up in our bonus room on Tiverton Trail. I don't think I did it before Tiverton Trail. So we're talking like third grade, maybe fourth grade. And I had my, like, a dual deck uh, tape recorder. So I would tape, well, I was really big into mixtapes anyway, but I would tape radio shows. And my friend, Shana McDuffie, would come over because she and mom, that not she, her mom and my mom worked together. And so they would have these in-service days, especially, like, working over the summer. And so fourth graders, we would babysit ourselves and just like make radio shows. WMSM Rock 200. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Like the whole, yeah, the oh, jingle, my. the whole bit. Yeah. So I did want to be a radio <laughs> DJ once upon a time. And I found out there's no money in that. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we are sitting in one of probably the most meaningful places to me. Dad's giving me the side eye. What are you talking about? We're in your home. This is a home. That is is correct. Yeah. My hometown of Peachtree City, Georgia. And I was listening to somebody talk about home the other day. And they said, you know, home is just a place where you can let your shoulders drop. You can exhale. And then they went on to say, it's a place where you can wear gray on gray. Unless you have company. Thank y'all for being here. I don't know that you really volunteered. I just kind of roped you into this. Hello? (laughs) Is there anybody out there? You're both just staring at me with big eyes. Well, we are honored that you would ask us, but we also are um, excited about your new New venture. Yeah. Yeah. Uncharted waters. Yeah. We're your biggest cheerleaders. Oh, I know. And I I so appreciate that. It's funny because, you know, at this point when we're, I'm usually a little bit more prepared and I like to have um, episodes scheduled out. This is actually third time's a charm, I'm hoping, because the first two times that we were going to do this, um, I was on my way down here and I sent my mom a message And she sent me a voice message back. Dad, do you remember this? She sent me a voice message and it sounded like this. (laughs) I had a porcupine in my throat. She was so sick. And I was like, well, I'm going to leave the equipment at home. And then the second time, I think we ended up just flying down. So there was no way I could bring my equipment. So I'm I'm really glad this worked out. And we're here. We're celebrating a milestone in dad's life birthday big birthday coming up that is true happy birthday when this airs actually it'll be the 22nd so you will have already had your birthday but we're here and we're celebrating and we can just continue the celebration i mean 10 years into your new year (laughs) 10 years 10 days oh goodness (laughs) accelerate it um you you know me i like to celebrate (laughs) (laughs) i like to celebrate birthdays all month long so i'll give you a pass well, so this will be the second episode and you guys know Flynn and we, yes. we heard from her first. She was a, my, my little guinea pig and I'm so grateful that she would spend time with me recording our conversation. Um, I thought it was cool that y'all were able to go down memory lane. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Starting with middle school, mm-hmm. but tonight for this um, yeah, podcast. How, how far back do you want to go? We'll, well, we'll y'all, be starting at the beginning. Well, I don't know about that because we're, you know, I'm coming up on year 40 and that's a lot of ground to cover and we do not have that kind of time. But I do, I, I do want to use this, this time, at least part of it, to sort of talk about the inspiration behind this podcast because you guys were a big part of that. I think actually in Flynn's episode, I said that you and I, mom, were terrible sleepers, which is true. And so there was one time that I don't even remember why I was here. It may have been for one of the very first medical visits, but we were here and it was like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. And I came out cause I couldn't sleep. And you were sitting on the couch because you couldn't sleep. And oh, I wasn't having any, no, no, you, were you, were snoring. <laughs> you were sleeping just fine. And, um, so I was reading something that I was, I was in the middle of studying. It was Annie Downs looking for lovely study yes. that accompanies her book. There were some, some things that I was trying to sort through. 
I guess. And as a family, we were facing a big wall of unknowns, not really knowing what the future held. We can talk about, I guess this all started when? In September of last year? and September um, 2019, probably near the end of the month. And when I talk about the story... Um, at least the first part of it, I get the same reaction from everybody who hears, you know, what's happening now. And then to go back and tell this part, it just kind of, um, it gives everybody chills. It, it feels really kind to me. And instead of talking around it, maybe we should just tell the story. So in September, you went in and had a diagnosis. I was, had two diagnoses. Two. Yeah, Di- that's right. That's right. Diagnosed with breast cancer and then the following week, lupus. That's right. You had initially gone in because you were experiencing pain. Yes. And well, you, well. To the point where you couldn't, I mean, not, not that we're great sleepers anyway, but you couldn't, you were having trouble sleeping because of the pain. And mm-hmm. um, um, um my side, but then the pain started moving and it was like to different areas. And it was in my right foot. And I've got a <laughs> weird, I've got a bunion. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's happening? Well, and it's weird. And too. I am her toe. Well, oh, so, <laughs> so when it's weird, too, when you, I, my friends and I, as we get older, we're like, you know, life now is just a bunch of, oh, my back, uh, you know. Well, and the, so I thought something was wrong with my foot. Yeah. And I went to the orthopedic. And by the time I got my appointment and got there, there was no pain in oh, my geez. foot. It was just traveling over my body. So that's when we contacted um, my breast surgeon, mm-hmm. a rheumatologist. And you already and my, had a doctor in that office because of yes. some, some past results. Yeah. But what got me about all of this, when people hear cancer, it's just a really scary word. Mm-hmm. Um, what the doctor said, and I still remember this, I was, I was sitting on the couch in Nashville and you guys FaceTimed with me and Jason, my husband, was sitting there and you said, it is breast cancer, but the way that this this cancer is growing is horizontal, like really thin sheets of tissue paper. Non-lump. In non-lump. And the, the inflammation from the autoimmune disorder that you have never had symptoms of, you've never had any kind of diagnosis. This came out of nowhere. Correct. It created a barrier around your lymph nodes to protect it from cancer affecting it. And my breast surgeon said the lymph nodes were what saved me because my mammogram did not show this cancer Mm -hmm. and I had been released and was not due to come back for another year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that was like, that was like a month prior or a couple weeks prior. I mean, it was like back to back. It happened quick. Yeah. It sure did. And then there was a lot of waiting heels. Yeah, hills and valleys, yeah. Um, And I think that at that point, it's it was hard for me as your kid. (laughs) So, and I say that being almost forty years old now, but I'm an only child because you you know you had one and just was perfection. And so why why try? (laughs) That's all you needed. No, the truth is, it's probably a handful, and you're like, "Eh, we're done. (laughs) Um, But living in another state. That's right. Not being here. And seeing your parents as uh, invincible. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you grow up and you see your parents as super people. 
Superman, Superwoman, uh, Wonder Woman. Alpha, was it S was on my t-shirt? Yeah, that's okay. right. So it's hard, I think, as you become, and you know this too, because of um, my grandparents, your parents, mom, you see that dynamic sort of shift a little bit where you have to move into more of a caretaker role. Not that you guys need a caretaker, but I feel that. You feel when, like we do? No, like I feel like I need to be, I feel like I, feel like I need to protect. And need after protector. the surgery, you were down here yeah. and, and you fulfilled that role. Well, I mean, well, it just, you know, yeah. anyway, just, just trying to describe how tough that was. And especially not knowing, um, you know, when, when I was having that conversation with Flynn, she said something very similar. She said the, the anticipation and then not knowing that's the hardest part. And I've talked to several people who would agree and say the same thing. Like, just tell me whatever it is, if it's bad, if it's good, whatever it ends up being, just let me know so I can figure out how to feel about it and figure out what to do. And I think that's where I was personally waiting um, for test results, for for doctors to get back with us and whatever, just give me marching orders. Is it going to be surgery? Cool. Now we know what to do. But it was this period of waiting and more testing and more waiting and more testing before we even figured out what that and was going to look like. And we would think we had a treatment plan right. in place and then they would find something else. That's right. So, uh, but the neat thing, Amanda, is during all these doctor's visits and interacting with people, sharing stories, um, then going to the Cancer Wellness Center, mm-hmm. met a lot of people there that are going through something similar or they're a caretaker, caregiver. It's been encouraging to me, not only to encourage others, but listening to their stories and saying, you know what, it's going to be okay. Well, and that's what I remember is sitting on this couch with you and talking about some of these, you know, talking about the liminal space and and reading these stories and these patterns about the metaphorical singing that I talk about. Like, how do you sing through a circumstance like this? How do you sing through the unknown um, in the face of fear? And how do you how do you choose singing over being scared? you know, giving into fear. And I will never forget that you just looked at me and said, because I think you had already been having some of these interactions and um, hearing these stories. And you said, I truly believe I'm going through this for a purpose. And my purpose is to encourage other people through my story. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm processing and I'm thinking and I realize, well, I'm, I'm just going to do a podcast because this is going to give me an opportunity, not only being able to showcase some of these stories, the really cool things that we've been running across during this journey, but also being able to just take this platform and take this opportunity to infuse as much love and as much encouragement as I can possibly into my own little corner of the world, because God knows we need it. Yes. This, this world is feeling incredibly heavy. It has always, you know. Yeah. And and my colleagues know that I'm passionate about learning mm-hmm. and just listening to other people's stories. What are the lessons there? And learning? actually, this is a really good segue. Tell me a little bit about what you do. You said passionate for learning, but just for context. I have been an educator um, 
for quite some time. I was a classroom teacher, went into administration at the building level, and since 2006, I've been with the Georgia Department of Ed. And I have the privilege of serving supporting districts with their new teachers and also higher ed with their student teachers. I serve with a phenomenal team. Not only are they my colleagues, they're my best friends. And uh, it's just just a joy doing life with them, uh, mm-hmm. learning with them, sharing with others. But like you said, making a difference mm-hmm. in our our own little area. Yeah, I think that's all we can do. Um, and then maybe if everybody followed suit and did that, the world might be a better place. That's what I'm hoping anyway. So let's back up because this is a music podcast. Take me back to a time where I did not exist and talk to me about your early memories of music, if you have any, and maybe even when you were dating, if there were songs that stick out. When did you get married? 75? Okay. What do you remember about that time? Well, if you talk about going back, back. Yeah, go uh, back. Back to now you're from Texas. Texas. We- so Weatherford, which is a <clears throat> Weatherford, Texas. Where is that in relation to Dallas, Fort Worth? West of uh, Fort Worth, Dallas. Okay. And I wasn't really in Weatherford as much. I was out further west, about another 10 miles. Mm -hmm. Texas is known for a lot of country music. Did you like country? Because I I don't remember growing up with country. I didn't listen to it. I had an uncle who listened to it all the time, but I didn't listen to country music. It's funny. When I think about like my grandfather, mom's dad, he was a big country fan. And then I think he just assumed, or people sometimes assume, being in Nashville, I'm going to be a big country music fan. And I am not. So Not really. That was a major... Point of discussion when you got your roommate assignment. Oh, yeah. Because y'all agreed on so many things, but Heather loved country music. That is and true. And I, that was I a shock that. for me because she was from New York. Uh-huh. And so I just assumed I'm like, city. But she's from the eastern end of Long Island, and her mom would send homemade jam and like crocheted me a blanket. So, oh, yeah, like, that, that sounds were, <laughs> real Western out there to me. <laughs> but they, I mean, it ended up being such a Y'all great match. I mean, it, her yeah. and her family, uh, just incredible people. Well, um, we, we, yeah. The, the time of growing up in Texas was a lot because we were in the 60s at this point. Mm-hmm. You got to listen to some of the old uh, early rock music. Well, you know what I call it is oldies. <laughs> when I oldies. talk about the fifties and sixties, and I, 60s, you know, the, I, I really... remember that being in the car, especially with mom being my teacher at school and going to and from school with her. That was really one of my very first memories of music. But my listening was all in the Beatles. Okay. And uh, some of the other English bands, but it was only when I was traveling. I didn't have anything recorded at the house or anything. It was just when I had the car going, I would have it flipped on. And the interesting part about that particular band is that you could almost watch the decade roll by as they Mm -hmm. continued to gather as a band because their music genre continued to change. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was sort of an interesting historical perspective of it. Yeah. But uh, really, I didn't listen to a lot of music until I started taking you to school. And then you introduced me to the zombies. Oh, I think you're thinking about Cranberries. They had a song named Zombie. Oh, that was it. Cranberries. Well, you tell how much (laughs) I know about music. Oh, it's awesome. But uh, over time, I could somewhat recognize at at that time. And my first memories of music um, would have been um, in church. We had the graded choir 
programs. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, probably Broadmoor Baptist Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But then— Did um, you move around a lot, too? Because I yes. talk about that. Like, we moved around quite a bit. Dad was in sales, so— okay. then you, Did we count up over 30 homes all around, or well, was it 20? Oh, my gosh. Some, no, it was in the 20s, but there were some places, like in Shreveport, Louisiana, and Tuscaloosa, that— Mom just, we used to joke, if she it's time to clean house, she'd get a new house. New house. <laughs> so, so we did, and dad was in sales growing up too. So yeah, my earliest memories were in a graded choir in our church, and then I was in a youth choir. And then when we moved to Menden, Louisiana, we had a touring choir when I was in high school. I can remember in Girl Scouts, in fourth grade, we took ukulele lessons. Oh, my. <laughs> a ukulele lesson. Yes, yes. We used to perform I think about that, with our um, ukulele. The only thing that I'm thinking about is that Hawaiian Christmas song, Melakaliki. Yes, yes. Well, I'm I know I know nothing about five ukulele. Five foot two, eyes are blue. Oh, goodness. Gucci, anyway, we, um, so music has always been a part of my life, really, mm-hmm. and and like Dad said, when you're in the car, the radio would be on. I did have a stereo in my dorm room in college. Uh, of course, that's back when we had records. And one of my first ones was a Beatle album. And then Johnny Rivers, I think it was. Do you remember an artist named Bobby Goldsberg? Oh, yes. oh yeah. Because when he I was a kid. Honey. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. when I was a kid, now I'm thinking... This was in Lafayette, Louisiana. So I must have been five. I mean, we were there pre, when I was in pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, half there a when second. You were in kindergarten, uh-huh. So five, six. I had a little brown record player. Yes. It was like brown and orange. And I remember there being like a Mickey Mouse Club record that I would listen to, but I, I somehow found your vinyl collection. And I remember listening to Bobby Goldsboro. I didn't know who he was, but I liked his music when I was <laughs> five or six. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering where that came from. Yeah. Well, I even remember a time when your great-grandfather was having his 80th birthday up in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to decide what could we give Paul Paul for his birthday, a special present. And he had been diagnosed with throat cancer mm-hmm. and no longer could talk. He had a voice box. But you and I and Dad went up there, surprised him. We had gotten with their minister of music, but you and I sang a duet. I remember that. In church mm-hmm. on his 80th birthday. Mm-hmm. And you would have been kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. So, I don't remember a time in my life without music. And so I was actually really excited to have this conversation because um, one of the questions that I asked when I was talking to Flynn, it really just kind of rhetorical in my brain, like, how did I even get involved in music in the first place? And it would have had to have been because I was exposed to it. So I'm curious if there were things that I think you were very strategic. I remember having these conversations, especially as I got older in terms of um, being exposed to musicals. Um, going to the theater and things like, like I remember there being dates on the calendar, maybe once a month, we would go into Atlanta, go to the Fox Theater. Well, you might have been too young, but no, well, you wouldn't have been there at all. 
our first ones. <laughs> and so we both grew up in our different locations in the church. Of course, choir uh, hymnal music was mm-hmm. was all that was sung. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when we were married and went to school at Baylor, we both sang in the choir. You, Dad, yes, sang yes. in the choir? For, for well, even when we oh were in Houston. Uh, for, for a at, at period of time. Parkway Baptist, <laughs> yes, He's you like, did. for a period of time. Well, Amanda, the yeah. funniest story I can share with you, when we were dating, we were in, living in Dequeen, Arkansas, and we had a drive-in theater Mm -hmm. and it was Saturday night and we had just started dating and we went to be sure to tell that story (laughs) (laughs) we went to see Gone with the Wind which and feels like it's a, a very a, long movie. That's a bold date choice. Very bold. <laughs> very, bold choice, Dad. Well, it that, was that it was, was me. <laughs> bold. bold. And uh, so it, we were out late, and the next morning, of course, was Sunday, and we were both at church, sitting by each other, standing up, singing. Now, was this this was a first date though? No, no, it no. was in the beginning uh, of our date. I mean, still not, a bold date not choice. The first but, okay, it makes but, me feel a little but, bit better. Yeah. So <laughs> we're standing one. there in church sharing a hymn book, and all of a sudden his side just drops, and I'm holding it with one <laughs> hand. And I looked up and he was standing there sound asleep. Standing up. <laughs> that takes talent. So we used to that say he talent. could, he could fall talent. asleep anywhere. Oh my God. But you know, I, I, I clearly did not get that trait since I'm the one that's having trouble sleeping yes, all the time. Really. <laughs> I'm the, I don't have any trouble going to sleep. No, clearly. Oh, really? That's funny. But growing up and being the oldest of four girls, of course, we're all close in age. You know, music was just always a part of our lives. Your great-grandmother, Dowell, wanted us to be the Lennon sisters. Oh, she wanted you to be four girls <gasps> that sang on... Um, Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk show, yeah. yes, yes. And um, so she purchased... I could a, see the band stands in my she, head. That's she I, purchased a piano. Oh, my And gosh. so anytime she... When we would go to visit them on Sundays... They would go to their church, but before church, she would go over to the juvenile detention center is what they called it at that time mm-hmm. and tell Bible stories. Well, anytime we were in town, she had us go with her and sing for the kids there. Oh, so wow. She wanted so badly. It didn't happen. We all say we can make a joyful noise. <laughs> but I do remember my sister still teased me about this. When we moved to Dunwoody, and I was in high school, that 285 was fairly new, and I loved getting in the car, rolling the windows down, driving on 285, and listening to Born to be Wild. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> wow. we, we laugh because oh. you think of songs that take you back oh, and kind of excite you. I well, know. that was one of them, and I am not wild, but <laughs> I guess I was wanting to be. This, no, I mean, this is this is what I'm talking about, that I think a lot of people, there's something about it that people can just cling to and they attach themselves to. Maybe it's it's a personality trait that you wanted to be, you know, you you really wanted to be wild or maybe you wanted to have that wild streak, but I, I don't know. I think that's really funny. Well, sometimes, you know, when you're, you get the role of being parent, 
versus now being the child. Parents do come across as being restrictive and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the boundaries have to be set. Sure. So the song kind of fed that little piece of if I could I'm just a rebel. I'm a rebel, I'm really rebellious. Yes. <laughs> because there's always a there's always a certain amount of rebellion in all of us. Well, okay. So you mentioned zombie earlier. I mean, I think the time that you and I were driving to school together, this is mid nineties, yep. probably actually early to mid nineties. But a lot of what I was listening to was that angsty female rock, you know, and then. I would even say after that, I mean, I'm listening to Rage Against the Machine, uh, Incubus, 311 at the time. These were all like really heavy guitar chords and drumming. And, you know, I don't think anybody, um, maybe who knew me then, I think people might be, and the, might question. the song I mentioned <laughs> earlier about. Zombie? No, uh, I love it when it rains. Oh, garbage. Ah, yeah. that's funny. Okay, so you'll appreciate this then. Alanis Morissette is having a 25-year reunion tour. She's doing, I don't know if she calls it a reunion tour. Well, we'll call it an anniversary tour. 25 years. So 25 years ago, that album, Jagged Little Pill, is the name of it. The reason I'm telling you this is because the opener is garbage. (laughs) And so Jason and I have tickets and Flynn. Jason Flynn and I are going to go to the show this summer at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville to see these artists that we listened to in high school. And it is just going to be this weird, bizarre experience because they do not look the same. Oh, no. No, I have no idea if they sound the same, but we're going to find out. But it's going to it's going to be one of those situations. I suspect they have a lot of gray hair. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, in, in the first episode, Flynn was talking about Alanis, Alanis Morissette. And she was like, you know, she's got kids now and she's, they actually out of that album. Now they've got a Broadway show based on the album. She just performed on, um, one of the new year's Eve shows. So just weird, weird how time flies when you're having fun, Yes, but, but it doesn't feel like it's been 25 years. In in some ways, it feels like it's been yesterday. So, anyway, yeah, fun fun little fact. Yeah, garbage. I'm only happy when it rains. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Well, going back to when we were dating, <laughs> this guy. You know, this, this is not supposed to be a sharing there. of secrets. Wow, <laughs> he, he looks really scared. He's like, "What's well, going on?" I thought you were going to talk about our fir- first. Uh, well, we went to dinner. Dinner. Yes. You know, I, well, it's Is that about the biscuits? Oh, no, biscuits. no. Hello. I wouldn't have to talk you about the biscuits. biscuits. He, well, he did line them up. <laughs> line up the well, he's a man of order. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I just, I, I get tickled when he said, you know, when you first started talking to us and he said, I... I don't have anything to say because music's really not a part of my life. Well, I beg to differ because when we were dating, he would take the fork like it was a, a microphone oh. and told me he wanted to be in a band. <gasps> this is news to me, sir. It's news to me, too. <laughs> you were a different That a is different my story, and I'm sticking with it. I don't oh, recall no. any of that. Oh, no. I think, that is funny. I think you wiped it out. <laughs> Yeah, I might have, but I don't remember it even starting. Oh, that's funny. Well, well, I've always thought it would, in fantasy, Sure, I've often thought it would be cool to have been in a band. Who doesn't? 
just to play. Yeah. Um, it was honestly one of my very gonna, favorite parts of college. It was never going to be a big concert kind of thing. Oh, well. But I, I don't have any talent, so. Oh, please. Oh. <laughs> no, I can't carry a tune now. <laughs> I mean, you surprised me by singing in a choir. I did not know that. Well, I, you got to keep in mind, that was 40 years ago. But it's like riding a bicycle. You never forget how. Uh, you can't forget certain things. <laughs> When mom said she begged to differ about you not having any musical stories, I would agree with her. You will not read all of this until tomorrow, until we celebrate your birthday, but I'm going to read part of it because it's very applicable. Okay, I'm going to give you the full letter tomorrow, but this is only part of it. I know you're apprehensive about being a guest on my podcast because you, quote, have nothing to say about music, end quote, but most of my favorite memories of you are completely to the contrary. Before I had my license... You selflessly drove me to school and let me listen to whatever mixtape I just finished. You asked me questions about the songs that meant the most to me and paid attention when I quizzed you on unimportant trivia like record labels and producers. Yep. I was an unabashed music nerd and you encouraged me to lean into that weirdness. Yep. (laughs) He's like, yep. After I got my license, I came home one day to you sitting by my piano with Fiona Apple's title songbook open across your lap. In one of my more dramatic teen moments. I do remember doing that. Yeah. In one of my more dramatic teen moments, I had proclaimed that to really understand me, you needed to understand my music. And seeing you put great effort into something you probably cared nothing about just to show how much you cared about me launched many a conversation about symbolism, lyrics, and music composition. This was a defining moment I've never forgotten, and it wasn't an isolated incident. You've talked me down from all the ledges I've teetered on. You've encouraged me in all my creative pursuits and abstract ideas. You've sat with me in waiting rooms and held space for me in the strength of your silence. You're a teacher, a mentor, a friend, and fellow dreamer. Whether or not you feel like you've had a musical background, you've had more musical influence on my life than you realize. And you're a big part of that. I think it's time for our last question. Now, since there's two of you, I'm going to ask two different questions, one for each of you. Dad, the first question is for you. I'm on the spot now. (laughs) Because the show is called Starting With a Song, what's your signature song? Uh, I guess the only song that comes to mind is the one, as an old hymn called Just As I Am, uh, simply because the song title and uh, lyrics talks about that I can come as I am to Christ. Mm. And I'm not. You don't sure. have to put on any airs. Don't, you don't have to. And there's not much else I can do to. I can't do anything really to deserve His love and grace. So just as I am. Yeah. Okay. And the question I will ask you, Mom, if there was a soundtrack of your life, what would be the top three-ish songs? And they might dictate certain seasons of your life. I don't know if I really <laughs> translated the meaning that way, but I guess. What, what question did you hear me? Well, I was thinking, kind of going through the decades, the landscape of how music has impacted me. That works. But, well, I'm, I'm thinking as a young child, the songs, if you're happy and you know it, clap mm, your hands. Mm-hmm. I've got the joy, joy, joy down mm-hmm. in my heart. And then as I'm going through my teen years, um, a lot of Beach Boys, Beatles. Now, Dad, we did not talk about Beach Boys at all. And oh, when I think about I Beach Boys, music. I think about 
gosh, how did we not talk about this? And I think about with you, mom, California, California dreaming. Amanda, do you remember the time when we were in Lafayette, Amanda and I used to walk, you were still at work, you were a workaholic, but you would be still at work and Amanda and I would walk and we would sing California Dreamin'. And I don't know why, but every well, single time I hear... we had just moved from California. Oh, and then, that makes sense. For, t- we had been out in California. We moved to Lafayette. And then Dad had a conference in Nashville. You were not married yet. You were still at Belmont. Mm-hmm. And you came to the Opryland Hotel oh, and picked me up. I remember this. This was we in Opry Mills. We went to Opry Mills, and there they was have a, a studio so that you, you could walk in. It was like a little portable, maybe not portable, but it was like a, a little recording booth. Yeah. And cut your own CD. Yeah, you cut her. And oh, Amanda and I sang <laughs> California Dreaming and had it made a CD and gave it to Bill for her where, present. Where is that? I would love to relive those, I, those glory days. I have days. no idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was one of those that you listen to part of it and go, oh, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Someday when we least expect it, we'll oh find it. It could, be up, it could be up in oh the my attic. Gosh, that's so hilarious. I'm thinking about, and the fifth dimensions, there was mm-hmm. one song, Bill, I love you so, I always Wait, will. was that their song? Wasn't it? Hang on, let me look it up. So don't ask me. It. I don't know. <laughs> but I used to sing to him. And then I'm trying to think, like I said, when we were out in California, I'm a young mother. This was another one that was a brown-eyed girl. She, she was right. Of. The Fifth Dimension. Wedding who, Bell Blues. Yes, Wedding Bell Blues. And who sung the brown-eyed girl? Because... Uh, that was my handle, my CB handle. Van Morrison. Yeah. Jason's going to kill me if I didn't get that one. Uh, and actually, while we're talking about Brown Eyed Girl, when we went to, um, we were we were on our honeymoon in Cabo, and there was this little taco place that we decided we just love, well, I love tacos, let's be honest. But of course, you know, to make me happy, we go to this taco stand and we're sitting there and this like traveling, I'm not even going to call them a mariachi band. It was like a little trio. And they came over and we're sitting there eating tacos and they start playing Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, like, my. yeah. I don't know that I ever told you that. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I was that like, um, it's cool. I'm going to keep eating my taco. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a time period when you were pre-K, elementary, middle, and you had really gravitated toward performing. Mm -hmm. And so my music during that time, really, I guess you would say what I was focused on was helping you Mm. with the music that you were performing, different talent shows Mm -hmm. and things. And then what I mentioned about hymns, singing them, but really not experiencing or connecting the real meaning there. And there's been life experiences along the way, losing mom and dad in a six-month period and mm-hmm. 2018. What was, the, what was the name of the song that they played when your mom was in the hospital? Oh, that was that was a phenomenal experience. Mom was in the hospital waiting for hip replacement surgery and just quit breathing. 
And so we were in we were the in hospital her room. room. For well, it wasn't, it wasn't her room. It was in ICU or somewhere. <clears throat> and um, we were waiting for the whole family to get there before she was taken off life support. And she had told me years ago her she wanted at her funeral sung uh, Amy Grant's My Father's Eyes mm. and How Great Thou Art. And we were in that room, and the hospital personnel were just phenomenal. But they asked us if we would like any music played, mm. you know, some soothing music. And um, we said, you know, that would be nice. And, and of course, we were just all very quiet and not thinking. And those were the two songs she chose. That played? Yes. Wow. Yes. So, anyway. And that was um, on the 5th. That was two years ago. January the 5th, 2018. That was kind of a neat experience. And when my father's eyes started, the tear went down mom's cheek. Mm -hmm. And um, that was when they had taken her off life support. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a, a God wink. Just, again, whatever journey, hills, mountains, there are so many phenomenal praise songs out right now. Mm -hmm. When you don't have the words, you're just almost to a point of no words, like, is this really happening? And those songs, will someone else, you'll send me one, mm -hmm. or I get notifications on my phone, and it's what I need to hear right then. And uh, I would say present day, my favorite artist right now is Lauren Daigle. Her song, Rescue, mm -hmm. um, Remember. Yeah, just I mean, it, phenomenal. She, what a talent. I mean, mm -hmm. her voice is. Um, it reminds me a lot of yours. Oh, I've bless told, you. Thank I've you. I don't. <laughs> dad, that. And she's from Lafayette. She is from Lafayette. So, yeah. Y'all, yeah. yeah. thanks for being on here. Our pleasure. I am grateful for both of you. And we're proud. Proud, proud parents. Anything else? Uh, other than we hope this doesn't end your podcast <laughs> career. <laughs> what a treat this was for me. And now that you've met my parents, they consider you an honorary Weiler. Welcome to the family. Thanks again for spending some time with us today. You make today better. If you liked what you heard, you can connect with me on Instagram at Artistic Amanda, and you can also subscribe to Starting With a Song on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I think that's it for me today, friends. We'll see you back here in two weeks for episode three on February 5th.